This episode is brought to you by Horror Quickies. If you like horror anthology books, this is for you. Over 80 tales of terror told in a true story style that will curdle your blood and send shivers down your spine. Horror Quickies, the complete series, is only $2.99 on Amazon or free if you have Kindle Unlimited. Go to Amazon.com and search for Horror Quickies or just go to ManiacOnTheLoose.com slash books. If you like scary stories, you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Maniac on the Loose Scary Stories Podcast. (laughs) Sit back and relax. Keep your arms and legs inside the vehicle at all times and enjoy the ride. The Burning House The Hero I had to work late and I was driving home at approximately 8 o'clock p.m. The route I take home is a peaceful road that is sparsely scattered with occasional houses. At this time of night, the road was particularly quiet. Against the moonlit sky, I could make out a pillar of black smoke and the sporadic spark of ember. I could immediately tell there was way too much smoke for someone to be burning leaves. It had more of an appearance of a bonfire, but I suspected that wasn't what this was either. I stepped on the gas and as I zoomed over a hill, my fears were realized. There was a house on fire. It was an old brick ranch likely built in the 1950s. It was engulfed in flames. I sped into the front yard and came to a skidding halt. I didn't hesitate. I bolted from the car and raced toward the house. Tongues of flame were lashing out of the front window. The blaze made it too hot for me to get close to the front door, so I darted to a side window and peered in through the glass. Inside I could only see a wall of smoke and the shimmering glow of flames in the distance. I smashed the window with my elbow, shredding it up in the process. A burst of thick black smoke escaped through the broken window and bowled me over onto the damp lawn. I spent several seconds coughing the smoke out of my lungs before I could suck in a breath of oxygen, rise, and push my head into the broken window. Hello? Is anybody in here? I could see nothing beyond the raging wall of flames, but I could hear someone coughing. Help me! (coughs) The voice was that of a man and was followed by a series of uncontrollable hacking coughs. I took my shirt off and attempted to fan the flames out of the way enough to see, and was able to make out someone on their hands and knees gagging. I called out to them. This way! Run to me! I could see the man looking around, trying to determine which direction my voice was coming from. He attempted to crawl toward me, but eventually gave out and collapsed to the floor. I took in a breath, 
and rushed through the wall of flame to the fallen man. I shook him and slapped his face enough for him to come to. Put your arm around me. The man was weak, but was able to wrap his arms around my shoulders. I ran with full force through the blazing flames and was able to reach the window. I shoved the man outside to the safety of the front lawn. He crawled as far away from the heat of the burning house as he could before rolling onto his back and swallowing breaths of crisp night air. Is there anybody else inside? The man's eyes opened wide in a horrific realization. Rita, Rita, she's inside. The man tried to rise, but his strength was zapped and he buckled back to the ground. I darted back to the window and gazed within. In the distance, I thought I could make out the figure of a woman lying on her back. She was motionless. Above me, I could hear the sickening creaks of the burning house's roof beginning to give way. It would only be seconds before it would collapse upon the woman. If she wasn't already dead from the fire and smoke, this would definitely finish her off. I started to crawl in through the window. I was going to attempt to pull the woman to safety even as the roof started to crumble and collapse. Just then, I felt the gloved hand of a firefighter grab me around the neck, pull me back through the window and onto the lawn before the roof had a chance to crush me. I found myself looking up from the ground watching the firefighters spray their hoses hopelessly as the flames swallowed up the house. The Burning House The Man My girlfriend and I were having trouble. She said she didn't love me anymore. She said our relationship was over and that she never wanted to see me again. I couldn't accept that. I knew deep down, if we could just have a serious face-to-face -face discussion, we could work things out. So I went to her house. I knocked on the door and waited for her to answer, but she didn't. So I knocked again, and again. Finally she acknowledged my presence by screaming at me through the door. Go away! She refused to have the conversation that was necessary to rekindle our love. So I kicked the door in. Yes, it was a drastic move, but I couldn't just leave without us talking. I entered the house and saw her scrambling to pick up her phone. To call 911, no doubt. Now she wanted to have me arrested. To have handcuffs slapped on me and watch as I'd be shoved in the back of a police car and driven away. No, that wasn't happening. Not tonight. So I slapped the phone out of her hands. I could see the fear in her eyes. She was looking at me as though I was some kind of monster. I'm not a monster. I love you. I just came here to talk, to have a civil discussion. Get away from me. She tried to run, so I grabbed her by the arm. I couldn't just let her run away, not without talking to me first. But she was having none of it. She didn't want to talk. She wanted to fight. She started trying to jerk away from me. 
When I wouldn't relax my grip on her forearm, she started slapping at me trying to get me to turn her loose. This angered me. Why won't you talk to me? I just want to talk to you! I was shaking her and noticed my voice beginning to rise. I probably sounded mean. I didn't want that. I tried to tell her that, but she screamed at me. Let me go. I hate you. I never want to see you again. She meant it. She spoke the truth. It was over. And in that moment, I accepted that fact. But if I couldn't have her, nobody could. I pulled her close to me, but she resisted, and it became a wrestling match. She was fighting me with all of her might and was stronger than she looked. We wound up on the floor and knocked over a nearby wastebasket. I pulled the white garbage bag from the wastebasket and wrapped it around her face. A few minutes later, she suffocated. Now what? If she were found murdered, I'd be the prime suspect. I had to make this look like an accident. That's when it dawned on me to burn the house down. But I had to be careful. I didn't want it to look like arson. That's when I remembered something useful. The last time I was at the house, when I turned on the light in one of the back bedrooms, I heard a loud pop in the wall and the circuit breaker was thrown. I also smelled smoke. I went to the bedroom hoping that the issue had not been repaired yet, and lucky for me, it wasn't. I flicked on the light, heard a pop within the wall and could smell a faint burning. I flipped the breaker back on and hit the light switch again. The same thing happened. I repeated the action over and over. After about 50 attempts, fire finally appeared. The flames grew faster than I expected and blocked my exit. Within seconds, the room I was in was enveloped by flames. Worse yet, was the smoke. I couldn't see where I was going and quickly became disoriented. And I couldn't breathe. I was hacking and coughing. I could feel myself growing faint. I was going to die right here next to Rita. That's when I heard a man's voice. Hello! Is anybody in here? I don't remember much after that. I was near death's door, but somehow this hero got me out of the house and saved my life. I suffered serious burns on my hands and forearms, but that would heal. I was questioned as to what happened. I told them the truth that I turned on the bedroom light and the whole house went up. They'd do an inspection, no doubt, and would conclude it to be an electrical fire. When they gave me the news that Rita didn't survive the fire, I broke down. I was quite convincing, but I wasn't acting. I cried tears of sadness knowing I'd never see her again. And that was it. Thanks to the heroics of that brave man who pulled me out of the burning house, I was able to get away with murder.
This week's episode is sponsored by my latest books, Blood Tingling Tales, Volume 1 and Volume 2. Each book has over 15 tales of terror waiting for you. Both are available on Amazon. Blood Tingling Tales, Volume 1 is completely free for everyone. Blood Tingling Tales Volume 2 is just 99 cents, or free if you have Kindle Unlimited. Just go to Amazon.com and search for Blood Tingling Tales, or go to ManiacOnTheLoose.com slash books. The Crash at Loch Ness In 1989, commercial airliner flight 8401 flying from Glasgow to Inverness, Scotland crashed in Loch Ness, killing all passengers and crew. The crash made worldwide headlines not only due to the tragedy of lost lives, but also due to the fact that the plane crashed into the world-famous Loch Ness. Loch Ness is a freshwater loch in the Scottish Highlands. It extends 22 miles southwest of Inverness. The loch is notorious for being the alleged home of the cryptozoological creature referred to as the Loch Ness Monster. The Loch Ness Monster is described as a hefty beast with an elongated neck and housing multiple humps which can sometimes be seen protruding from the water. Some have referred to it as a sea serpent or a dragon. Earliest reports of a monster in Loch Ness go all the way back to the 6th century. There were also multiple sightings reported in the late 1800s. But the monster gained worldwide attention in 1933 when a local newspaper published a detailed account of a sighting. Since then, countless sightings of the monster have been reported by locals and tourists alike. Numerous photographs and videos have been taken by various people over the years. Most of the images seem to show something large breaking the surface of the lock. Many people claim this to be proof of the Loch Ness Monster's existence, but most find the visual evidence to be inconclusive. Following the crash of Flight 8401 in Loch Ness, an exhaustive search took place, but oddly enough, recovery teams were unable to find any evidence of the plane and eventually called off the search. The sad story of Flight 8401, which vanished in the depths of Loch Ness, quickly became yesterday's news and was forgotten until 1994, when a local fisherman found a four-foot section of a wing of a plane, thought to be that of Flight 8401. The strange thing about the wing section is that it appears to have been mangled and has several jagged marks around the edge that some believe resemble teeth marks of a large creature. 
The underbelly of the wing portion also seems to show a series of uniform circular indentions that appear to be suction marks from that of a giant tentacle. The discovery resurrected the story and a long debate as to whether the wing portion was real or fabricated ensued. After careful study, the wing was officially determined to be part of Flight 8401. Another recovery mission was launched, but again, they came up empty and the mystery of Flight 8401 persisted. In 1999, ten years after the crash, a tourist was walking along the shores of Loch Ness when he came upon a bright, orange, cylindrical object. He picked it up and had a hunch that it may be something significant and brought it to authorities. His hunch proved correct and it was determined that the object he found was the flight recorder for Flight 8401. A flight recorder, also known as a black box, is a recording device that is placed within an aircraft for the purpose of recording the sounds within the cockpit, including communications between the pilots and air traffic controllers. The recording from the flight recorder of Flight 8401 was never released to the public. Many believe the authorities found something on the recording that they did not want to be made public and intentionally kept it hidden. In early 2022, the flight recorder's data from Flight 8401 was leaked by an anonymous source. The following is the transcript of that recording. This is Flight 8401. We have lost both engines. Uh, Flight 8401, please say again. Uh, uh, We have no engines. Uh, uh, Do you need to land? We are experiencing... We are experiencing catastrophic engine failure. We are requesting an emergency landing. Where would you like to go? Which airport? Please advise. Shit. Negative, negative, we're, go- we're going down. Uh, say again, Flight 8401, say again. Mayday, mayday, we're going down. I, I'm, I'm going to have to take it into Loch Ness. You're going down. I, I think I can lay her down smoothly on Loch Ness. We should be fine, stand by. Uh, say again. What? what the hell is that? Flight 8401, please repeat. There, there's something under the surface of the water. What is that thing? Uh, where? Flight 8401, what exactly do you see? It's emerging. It's huge. Flight 8401, say again. It has us. Please repeat. It has a hold of the plane. It has us. What's happening? It has us. It's, it's taking us under. Boy, oh my God. End of transcript.
We hope you enjoyed the show. We're dying for you to come back for more. <laughs> Visit ManiacOnTheLoose.com Sign up for our newsletter and I'll give you some free stuff. We'll see you soon. Very soon. Here's a super fun way to support the show. Go to ManiacOnTheLoose.com slash store and buy some Maniac on the Loose merchandise. Let the world know you're a listener. T-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies, hats, mugs, there's a bunch of items to choose from. And you have a multitude of design choices, including all of my book covers. Go take a look. It's super cool. Go on. Do it. Right now. Go. ManiacOnTheLoose.com slash store.